Hello. Hey, Merlin, man. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm very well. I'm optimistic. I'm engaged. Good. And uh, and uh, I, I have to, I don't have to. I choose to share an odd anecdote from this morning. Okay. Well, let's hear okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a clever kind of app, mm. a kind of app that's been around for a little while that I think is very clever. And, you know, you got your laptop or your whatever. You could be your desktop. You got your keyboard. You want to clean your keyboard. You want to clean your screen. Yeah. Have you seen the sorts of apps that lets you basically disable the keys so that you can blow oh, your keyboard. No, you know, I've always wanted something like that. I was just thinking about something like that. And there's been, I was there's been a few it like existed. There's been a few like that, and I want to say that functionality, because, I mean, it's not surpassingly conceptually difficult. It basically just says ignore any input that's not, in this instance, I hate to drag this up because it's probably, it's just old, I think. But anyway, normally you, you uh, open this thing up, and you get a black screen, and it says, hey, clean your keyboard, dummy. And hit Command Q. That's the only key sequence that it can register. Mm. And um, so there's different ones to do that. So I, I brought in, uh, I have my laptop here today, and I was making sure everything's updated and running clean and getting mm. backed up. Mm -hmm. And but also, ooh, you know, I love the the, the displays on the. You know, recent few years of MacBook yeah. Pros, but they yeah. get really. Did yours get smudgy easily? Yeah, I smudge super easy. It's annoying, isn't it? Well, I mean, I, I wonder what. I, I don't know what causes that, but I mean, I try so hard not to touch my screen, but even still, you close the lid, you do something. Mm -hmm. the The right side of my display has lots of partials, <laughs> as as they would say on uh, you know Law and Order. Um, I got a lot of partials, and so uh, I wanted to clean it. So I popped open this app that I've used in the past. I hadn't used it in a while. Popped it open. Command Q. So the screen comes up. says, Command Q to quit. Okay, cool. So shh, 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 I blow my keyboard. I get out my little microfiber. I clean the keyboard. I gently clean the display. And then I hit Command Q and nothing happens. And then I, I think, huh. And then I say, oh, maybe we'll try the other Command key in the queue. Huh. That didn't work. As a spoiler alert, I think this has something to do with secure input. Oh. Like, you know, like sometimes Text Expander will just barf and go like, ah, yeah. secure input for login window. Or, right. you know, ah, 1Password, lock this, ah. And you get that little, that little pop-up. Uh, I did see that a couple times in my trying to fix this. But so that's what happened. I turned on the computer. I got it rolling, got it cleaned up. And then I couldn't quit out of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You got a new pet? Wasn't that perfect timing? Mm -hmm. It really <laughs> That's is. Just my I mean, my every phone. moment in my life, crickets are perfect timing. <laughs> Title. Um, anyway, this is not that that interesting, but you, you know, I think certain kinds of geeks were like we're like a dog with a bone. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, I'll do all my usual stuff. I tried Command Q. I tried the other Command key in the queue. Of course, I tried Command Tab. I tried Escape. Um, then I did um, option command escape, which normally brings up the force quit window, right? And uh, But guess what? It, it, if my hunch is right and something got screwy with secure input, and all, so like it's basically saying disregard any key command that's not command Q, but also disregard command Q. I could not quit you. 
this up. Um, <laughs> it, it broke back me. And I, I, I was like, oh, but, you know, and here's the, here's the, the, the geek with a bone <laughs> angle of this. is like, I'm like, oh, what is the most efficient way to do this? I know if all else fails, because I think this one has SSH on. Like, I should be able to terminal in and quit, you know, find the process and quit login window, I'm guessing. But I'm not sure. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, Ugh. and so I do the long, the, the long press and I, I do the restart and it comes back up. Um, all good, you know, comes up. I see the names, log in, da, 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 da. And of course it restored the app that was running <laughs> when I restarted. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was just, I was losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> and I was like, then I went from geek with a bone to like slobbery dog. Cause I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how to fix this. Long story short, I did eventually fix it by God. I still compulsively when I'd want to do safe boot, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've still got command S and shift in my fingers for that startup, mm-hmm. you know? Remember shift back in the day used to be rebuild your desktop. Oh yeah. You'd hold that down at boot time and you had to do that once every couple of oh, weeks. It was like throwing out TCP IP press. Yeah, you just, yeah. it was just part of your life now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically like having a kitten. Like you're just going to deal with this a lot, yeah, but, absolutely. um, but, um, but so I've had to relearn that safe mode. Now I have to always be reminded on a silicone Mac, silicon, silicone, silicon, Mac, Apple silicon Mac is, um, shut all the way down and then restart, but keep holding the power slash touch ID. Right. And and then there's a little bit of a rain dance because it comes up, you got to hold it a little longer. You select your startup drive, you hit shit, then you hit shift, go through that. And eventually it comes up and you get the little red, you know, bah, safe boot, meet, moot, meet, moot. But, and I was able to like basically do it that way. I just, I felt so stupid and you know, there's so little I actually understand about how any of this stuff works. I'm like six layers of abstraction up from the metal. Like, I don't know what's happening, but uh, anyway, that was funny. I, um, I mean, I could still record today, but now I got, I blew, I blew my keyboard. I got, I got a clean screen and uh, uh, I'm backing up. So everything's coming up. Everything's now. good. You're all good. I'm all good. Today's going to be one of our not very special special episodes. Can I tell you the theme for today? You oh, ready? yeah. We have a theme? Yeah, we got a theme. I only wake you for the important meetings. You ready? Yeah. Uh, whoops, all automation check-ins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or we could do also do Crunchberries, but that would probably annoy people. People with that, What's a phobia called? Where, where you don't like hearing people chew? Oh, being um, in our um, office? What is the name of the I know phobia this. Where, you I know this. Hear, where you don't like to hear people chew? Um, it's called... Missing... No, yeah, no... no uh, wait, wait, I can, mis, misophonia? Misophonia, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Do you have that? Um, I have... It's like... I'm like a German with a fetish. Like, the idea of a fetish does not entice me, but an extremely specific fetish might be just my thing. Like a one woman who looks like, you know, Betty Davis to treat me like I'm exactly two and a half or something. Uh-huh. Something very German. In my case, um, I feel like uh, I, uh, oh wait, what were we talking about? Uh, misophonia. I don't, I think sometimes I don't like certain kinds of crunchy eating. Like not all crunchy eating. Like I used to work with, with a woman uh, who was just... Any any kind of noise anybody make made set her on edge. I mean, she had full on OCD, like you know, 
real yeah. deal, like lining yeah. up the M&Ms, like the Cheerios, whole nine. Uh, she, was, she was cool. She was real interesting to work with sometimes because our degree of woundedness was quite a contrast. But um, I don't have anything that general, but sometimes there's a certain kind of like round that I really don't like. Like somebody oh. just eating a burrito. Like a burrito? But you know what? I probably do have misophonia. I'm not German at all. I'm a full-blooded American, and all kinds of things I mean, sounds... to be honest, like just to go on record, you, you hate Germans. I hate them. Yeah, why? Oh, no, no. It's just that the, the things that make their pickle stickle uh, can sometimes be, uh, you know, a little like, off the beaten path. And don't I do you have a Volkswagen? Beaten. Uh, we have uh, we have a Volkswagen, the people's yeah. car. Yeah, took a the two original to nineteen sixty four Volkswagen Beetle, perfectly yep. made change. Design, as you would designed, say, as you would say, cherry, totally cherry, and it's got cherry bombs, <laughs> and it's got uh, you know designed uh, by Hitler and, and produced in Stuttgart. <laughs> so that's that's my people's car. No, no, it's that. Um, but you know what it is? It's like. I think about like me and my snoring and how that drives my poor wife crazy. Yeah, what are you doing certain... about your snoring? Oh, I got a lot of angles. Are you going to do you, a surgery or is it a cleft palate? Uh, that you, or... uh, what do you have? No. Um, the um, Deviated the... septum. No, thank you. I'm good. I <laughs> think that there's certain things that once you start to notice something, it drives you crazy. And I think there's a lot of noise things that are like that. I have to guess based on your experience, you can tell me, but... Based on anecdotes you've had, like, you know, one way in which we are, I think, similar is we are noticers of things. Like, I'm, I'm a noticer. I'm like, I'm like Bill Clinton. I can compartmentalize the hell out of stuff. But once I do notice something and, like, it's kind of out of the corner of my eye, I kind of can't stop noticing it. So, like, I think that's true in, like, environmental noise. That could even be an air conditioner. might drive people crazy. I like the white noiseness of like an air filter and stuff like that. But like I your neighbor. That. I love that. I mean, you ever had a neighbor who's loud and you can count exactly the 13 steps, you know, of them coming up and you're like, oh God, and there's this whole thing. And you start anticipating, you know, that's, I don't know if that's closer to OCD or just a dumb, anxious mind, but, you know, throat clearing maybe sometimes. Uh, you know loud. what I've noticed, Merlin, is that people, men especially, yeah. but people, people are just, they're always coughing. They're always clearing their throat. Always yeah. coughing. I snort, especially in the morning. I'm a morning snorter. Like the Coke or? I mean, it depends on what you got. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do a key bump with uh, Madison Cawthorn. Right. Um, I'm writing that. What, what, what did I just say that's funny? Madison. Um, Cawthorn. Okay. Cawthorn. Oh, he's having a month. Um, he's having a quarter. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I um, I I feel so so weird in so many ways. Where like, and I can't. I mean, there's a part of me that wonders, like, is this you know, what my friend Alex and I call the chicken problem? Is just is this fear of my own privilege and looking like a jerk? But I really like doing my own thing. I like not being in an office. I think my lady friend, there's aspects professionally, I mean, in the sense of the people she has to manage are like always on a Zoom call for two years. She's just started going back to the office a few days a week and she's been really looking forward to it in some ways. Yeah, yeah, get out of there. Yeah, get out of there. I mean, the Zooms are bad. I would rather be in a in-person office and have to be on Zooms all, all day. 
Yeah, I mean, that could be two episodes right there. Just this this whole problem of, I mean, I, setting aside all my priors, which include things like managers love to manage, um, is that like you, I, I, I think, I mean, for certain kinds of stuff, there is the nice conviviality, congeniality, um, collegiality of being in an office and like that water cooler effect or whatever of like bumping into people and, you know, um, and that's so valuable for so many teams, especially like collaborative teams of creatives. Oh, I hate that word. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think she's happy to be going back. Yeah, maybe she's happy to get out of the house, but like, I, and I, I had so many questions for her. Like she took her computer equipment from the house after two years and change, you know, now she'll just have her laptop when she's working at home. Won't have her like two monitors and the desk and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but like, I, I had so many questions for her. Like, oh my God, was it, was it weird? You know, I'm remembering the first time she went back after months away and the calendar still said March and it was like being in some Burgess Meredith episode of Twilight Zone. Like that's real. Everybody's calendar is like, you know, stuck in, March, like so many of us were. Um, but I was like, oh my God, was it weird? How many people were there? Were, was, you know, see also this problem of like people seems to me have gotten a little bit weirder and I've kind of forgotten how to act around other people, I think sometimes. But um, she's like, no, it was, it was fine. It was fine. I was like, oh, yeah, but like, well, you know, wasn't it, wasn't it crazy? And did you feel like you should wear a mask, not wear a mask, you know? And then finally I asked the question that I already knew the answer mm -hmm. to. Yes. Uh, which was so the commute, um, the 30 to 45 minutes, this is again in San Francisco. This is, this is like you go from the Southwest part of San Francisco to the Southeast part of Southeast ish. You're going over kind of, kind of by the, you know, you see is over by the uh, baseball and, uh, basketball stadia. Mm. And, uh, so it can really, it can get real jammed up. They put a lot of stuff in that area really fast in the last 10, 15 years. And it gets, especially if there's a game, it's really crowded. I mean, people in her office for years have like, whether or not they like the Giants, keep a schedule of home day games around to know like, I might want to bounce at three or four because you know how it is. If you do it in this one window of time, it takes you X minutes. And if you do it in that window of time, it takes you X times three minutes. You know what I mean? So it can be 30 minutes. It can be 45 minutes. And I was like, so the commute. Oh, this is even before we get to the $250 a month for parking to be an employee. And uh, Wait, so they, was, don't, they don't reimburse that? That's not a... I have think to pay that? Is that like an indentured service? Uh-huh. Yes, very much, very much so. You get a, a 40 acres and a Volkswagen mule. You um get I think the way it works is it is subsidized at the purchasing level, but it's still very costly. It isn't like you turn in receipts or something, but and I was like, so the commute. Like, did did it feel as crazy as I imagine it felt to spend over half an hour in like freshly pressed and dry clean clothes. Does it feel crazy to spend that long getting to work and then that long getting home? She's like, yes, it does feel crazy. Now, now that's one way in which she and I are, I think, fairly differently. She understands that being an adult requires a certain amount of inconvenience and that's why she fills out the forms and I take out the trash. Um, you know, <laughs> and you know, also when you open the, um, the mail, you do it over the recycle bin because of all the, uh, the junk mail. Yeah, that's true. And What's um, you, when you're are bringing you someone a drink, you hold your drink in the right hand because <sighs> I'm always right. I'm always and right, yeah. when you open a jar, you do something where you use your, I don't know, shoulder, your right your shoulder, shoulder. <clears throat> left. No, pocket. you just imagine, you imagine, okay, fine. 
cutie pie. Mm-hmm. If if you're gonna the way to open because a I have jar, a jar I can't open right now. It's a salt. It's a salsa. Did you jar. try doing salsa? People love to say salsa. Sal- try, seltzer. Seltzer. Salsa. Salsa. That, that's the show. Um, did, <laughs> do, have you tried the one where you put like a little like a bread knife under it and kind of try to do it? No. What do I do it? for this? Because it's a it's a I, it's called Texas Legacy. Okay, is the name not of really the salsa important to the? Um, well, here's my advice for opening a jar: uh, is first of all find someone stronger than you to do it. That's it. No, nope, there's no one stronger in this house. About it. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, my suggestion would be there, there's one that's kind of a non-obvious tip, and the other that is a, a somewhat obvious tip, but it doesn't stop people from screwing up. The non-obvious tip to me is, and it's very difficult to explain this, except to say, don't use your hand and your wrist to turn. Use your shoulder to turn. Imagine that your arm is like a wrench or some kind of a lever. And what you and like when you get a really long lever, you get a lot more power out of it. That's physics. So instead of localizing this to your tiny little wrist muscles, um, can just try grab. And part two is going to be about how hard you grab it. So that's the that's the seemingly. I mean, I do like part. to grab it hard. I think, but the okay. So the combination that needs to happen is you grab the lid and you hold it tight enough to get a grip. But especially people who regard themselves as big, strong men, what do you end up doing? You end up. I mean, this sounds crazy, but when you're grabbing a, a, you know, a jar lid that's hard to get off, and you grab it really tight, think about that. Like you're actually working against yourself. You're doing using too much torque. You know, um, you know, in the sense of like you're kind of over overclocking your jar if you grab it really tight and use your wrist. That's the sucker's game. So you hold it just tight enough to keep a grip, and you can adjust this on the fly because you're a person. And then think about your shoulder being the end of a lever. I can't promise it'll work. I I just stopped buying jars tr- because yeah. it made me feel it. emasculated, Dan. Much much like a German. Um, so that's that. We got I got some automation check ins. Uh, you know what? Maybe a little bit quick follow up. How, how's your birds? Um, <clears throat> if you can say. Well, I think I had told you that I got rid of the nest that was being built in the front. They have you not tried it. to build that one, and they're mm-hmm. gone. The ones in back, the baby birds are now adult sized. You but said it takes about about seventeen minutes to go from conception uh, to uh, to knocking boots and make them make them more birds. Yeah. So every day I go out there, I look at them. And I, I'm ready with the shovel or spade, as you call it, yes, to get rid of that nest before. Now, here's the thing: I'm mm-hmm. gonna do. I'm I've made peace with this already, so I don't Have need. You? I don't okay, need emails. That sounds wholesome. Don't need emails about this. But if Mm-mm. if I if if I get out there and the babies are gone and there's new eggs in there, I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to get rid of the nest oh, because the eggs will only be like a day. That's old. almost as bad as saying you use glue traps for rodents. You really don't want to say that on the internet. You're going to hear about it. What if I eat the eggs? You mean like, like as a substitute for bananas? <laughs> you want to find a duck egg? A duck, egg. duck egg sounds like it would be really nice, but it's not. No, people um, emailed me about that or tweeted to me about references. it. Mm, and they said, I agree with the duck eggs, not good. So okay. I think you're just as a Dubai Friday for y'all, oh. have some duck eggs. Duck eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Duck eggs. Um, That's good. I mean, because the thing is, you don't want damage to your fashion and soffit. Is that the problem? I mean, you don't like the birds philosophically, but like it's also- noise. If they were quiet, it would be uh-huh. fine. Well, it wouldn't be fine. It would be better. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's like having somebody lives at your apartment doesn't pay rent and doesn't do the dishes. Well, and Except they do in this poop. case, it's they birds. poop on everything. It's well, not... everybody poops, Dan. No, I'm going to send you a picture of the poop. Okay. Well, be ready because yep. I'll, I'll send you some lizard poop. Mm. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, you're going to be sorry. I have a whole album. Yeah. Um, particularly good poops Bando's taken. Because um, he's really closer to a bird than a person. We treat him like a person, but, you know, he's a lizard. And he's really more of a bird. So he makes like a bird poop. He makes a pee poop. Pee poop, pee poop. Jazz scatting. Um, so whoops, all automation check-ins. Your birds are coming along. I'm very, I'm glad you've made your peace, Dan. I think so much of the success in life is, is in some ways learning, learning to make your peace, which often just means ignoring something mm-hmm. or ignoring how you feel about something, which is not technically making peace. It's more like, um, I don't know, uh, making Cold War or something. But, you know, you got to do you. Oh, shoot. My package is on the way, but it's running late. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, okay, so um, this, is, this is a little bit of an odd song. Is it okay if I do this? Do you mind? No, I like when you come prepared. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel the need to, you know, talk about stuff, like with computers and pound sign productivity. And, and, and there is, you know what you know about me. You, you know I love a philosophical component. So, like, you know, you open the box and go, oh, it's Christmas Day. It's the big box. And you open it up. Like, the, you know, the box, the anticipation is your present. Like, what, what I'm really giving you is a philosophical component, and you cannot see that. You think that's the big, uh, disappointing Star Wars Death Star from 1978. Yeah. But it's actually, it's just, uh, it's full of just, um, I don't know, uh, styrofoam peanuts and hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um uh, just real, real quick, log rolling. Um, as I think I mentioned last week um, on Dubai Friday, we did end up talking a lot about Bunch, Brett Terpster's wonderful app, Bunch, um, because the challenge was to you know catch up with Bunch, and ooh, there's a lot to catch up with. And we talked, we've talked about Bunch here, have we not? No, not yet. You were you had it on the list of oh, things we wanted to, to talk about, and then we talked we, about the Doity Boyds, right? And Bunch is Mac automation using plain text or something like that, right? I don't know much yes. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you skip to the last quarter of that episode, um, you can just get to the bunch stuff. But yeah, it's a thing Brett makes that's really neat. Um, and so it's it's an app. It runs mostly in your menu bar. And the quick version is that you have what are called bunches. Um, and again, in passing, let me, not even in passing, let me just highlight his documentation for this is really, really good. And I am so gay bones for good documentation. His documentation on how to do all this stuff is great. He gives you sample files. Like, let's say, like, here's the one, here's the bunch that I use for when I'm about to do a screencast, for example. So what kind of stuff would you want to do with a screencast? Well, you might want to turn on, or like, I could think back in the day when it had been great for doing presentations, like turn on, do not disturb, you know, no notifications. And, but here's the neat part. They are text files. The, the suffix, which is not... It's only meaningful to the app called Bunch is that you get, you know, foo.bunch. And each line in it means something or does something. It, each line sort of begins with something like an exclamation mark or an octothorpe or whatever it is, and they're all meaningful. Octothorpe, as in so many places, what you call a pound sign. Um, 
it represents commenting out a line or, you know, providing documentation. You know, you can launch, so you can launch an app, you can quit an app, you could turn on a do not disturb focus mode. You can, you know, uh, pull up, for example, when I have my end podcast bunch, it opens up the folder of folders where I have aliases of all the podcasts so I can like easily drag my files over. It also opens up, for example, like all the logos for sponsors for Roderick on the line so I can drop that into forecast. Andy, yeah. Like all the stuff you might want to do, but it's it's clever and it's clever. It's clever because it does a bunch of stuff for you without the complexity of something like my beloved, uh, you know, Better Touch tool or Keyboard Maestro, et cetera, which will come up today. But just having a line in there, I mean, I could pull one up, but yeah, that's the basic idea. We talk about this more on Do By Friday, but it's just so neat that like you have so much control. The thing I said to Alex that sounds like a stretch, but like I like shortcuts and there's some kinds of things, simple shortcuts that I love making and they work fine. But like, honestly, I'm enough of a, a mere power user that I often find shortcuts really overwhelming and difficult to Make, difficult to make them work, difficult to fix them, right. difficult, at least in my mind, to debug. You open up some of those, like um, Matthew uh, Cassinelli or like Federico Vitici's shortcuts, and it's, it's got so many ifs and else's and otherwise's and all of this stuff. And I just, there's so often where I get a shortcut, you know, off the global internet, and it just doesn't work, or it just doesn't work perpetually. I love shortcuts. And in fact, you can do, run shortcuts from inside bunch you just link to the path whatever that is user bin slash name oh, shortcut very cool. Very cool. yeah 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 so in that case like again this is a case of great documentation where brett just says look you know there's it's kind of weird to deal with dnd and focus modes but long story short if you just refer to the path you can go create a shortcut for turning a certain focus mode on you can make another one for turning a certain focus mode off you know, in some ways, it reminds me a lot of back in the day when I'd automated Super Duper with the help of uh, TJ Luoma, where you could do these basic little like lines of bash lines or shell script things to like automatically do the correct mounting and rotation of media, like little simple things like that. But like, I mean, it's like watching somebody who knows, who really knows how to use bash or similar, where like there's certain kinds of tasks that are so much simpler in some ways with the terminal. And but then that ability to combine both is great. So you could say like, I don't know, um, CP or whatever, and then just drag a bunch of stuff from the finder into the like you get the best of both worlds. But honestly, I love shortcuts. It's a little frustrating to me sometimes. What's neat about Bunch is it does it can do this is on your Mac. You could do so much stuff like to get it the way you want it. You run it, and it's pretty easy to figure out what did or did not work. Right. And as always, it's usually the nut behind the keyboard. There'll be something in there where you can like debug it. You can just go make a test bunch and test it out a line at a time and see if it did what you expected. But I love it because it's like I say, it's clever and it's clever. It's clever in the sense of what it does is very clever, but the way that it does it from a user standpoint is also very clever. Right. It's all very understandable. It's just, it's like easier than looking at HTML. Like it's real easy, but uh, it's very powerful. Oh, and I, I just, you know, again, something I've I've rediscovered, something I've been yearning for and didn't bother to check on because a theme that will run through today's things is like when I start doing automations, am I doing it because it's fun to make automations? Or like how long does it take me to go from here's a, a neat thing I'd like to accomplish to I'm way down a rabbit hole and creating more complexity than I could ever benefit from, right? Um, but here's the thing. 
you can have, you can refer to bunches in your bunch. So like my project right now that is still very young is to go from the most basic start podcast end podcast to have like a bunch that controls what I would call like the environment. So like turn off the fans, turn on this focus mode, something that I would want anytime I'm recording a podcast. But after that, it gets a little more hectic, right? Because are we using Zoom? Are we using CleanFeed? Are we using Skype? You know? And so, but my, my idea is I want an environmental layer of like do the stuff that prepares the environment to record. Then like per podcast, bring up the right app. And I, I have a feeling there's going to be, I really need to look into how you can name use sessions to like name stuff in audio hijack. Is there a way to do that? Is there an easy way? Like there's that thing where like, if you rename the Skype call, it, it can get picked up. But like, I want to, I want to basically just abstract this to where like I can have these different layers, which mm. sounds a little fiddly and it might end up being fiddly, but you know, this is a great example of a set it and forget it type thing. And, and, Again, to, to, to get to this uh, whoops all automations theme here, it's like it, it, I, if I'm not careful, it doesn't take me that long to drift away from why I got something or started using something to like getting frustrated that I've had to, I felt like I needed to add so many layers of complexity that then it makes it unuseful and makes everything feel less, do you know what I mean? Like less stable. I mean, I don't know if you run into that, but like the stuff I've tried to do, I'll mention in passing today, like yeah. getting a, a renewed interest in using Stream Deck, uh, like what I got a Stream Deck for, how I ended up using it, and then the insane number of rabbit holes I went down because I had a Stream Deck, oh, yeah. not because I wanted to solve a problem. When you but have a hammer, being... everything looks like a nail, you know? Yeah, or as I used to say, like, you know, if your only tool is a hammer, it often seems like a reason to buy a nicer hammer or seven. That's my problem is like, I'll start fiddling with stuff. And my whole journey with Home Assistant in some ways has been about, it started with Stream Deck. And even after I mostly stopped using Stream Deck because it got kind of frustrating in the way I'd implemented it, I still had Home Assistant running. Well, spoiler alert, I uninstalled Home Assistant because I've discovered the thing I actually want to do with a Stream Deck can be accomplished. A Stream Deck is an Elgato product where you get like a, an array of buttons that you can program to do different stuff. And it's really clever. It's best known, I think, in the like streamer community. Like YouTube and Twitch people love this. It's got OBS. It does all this different stuff. Um, and it basically connects via USB and you program buttons to do stuff. But, you know, lessons to take away before we're even done here. I mean, w one lesson is like, remember... You know, you're integrating new information as you learn. You're integrating new information as you um, operationalize whatever mm -hmm. you're doing. But I think you also have to kind of keep a bead on like why you're doing this, especially if you have ADD, like why you're doing this, what success looks like, and like what is the, ultimately what is the problem that I'm trying to solve here? And will I know when I'm going too far down a, down a given rabbit hole to provide the return on time and attention that would actually you know, cause benefits. So like, for example, like when you do a setup and you're setting up your equivalent of lamp and your development environment and all that stuff, like you're probably pretty tightly wound about getting that right one time and then not changing it very much. Right. Yeah. Trying to run stock, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's, that is a, I think a very useful philosophy to have, 
But it, it is a balance because I sound like Christopher Walken and Severance. They were friends. Um, but you, um, but I think you do need a weird, slightly paradoxical balance of yeah, it's fun. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a geek in a lot of ways. Um, I like noodling with stuff. I like learning new stuff. I think you could even say that there is a valuable. Like you go into something, whether that's a stream deck or whether that's, you know, whatever it is, like any kind of a tech project or life project in general, you have your idea of how you think it's going to work. But I would say don't spend six weeks planning it. Like it costs you nothing to make your life into a brief paper prototype. Like if you think this thing is going to work for a thing that you want, well, can you check the viability of that before being pot committed to a certain approach? And now you're iterating. So that, in some ways, that's the smartest way to develop a project like this is to go like, well, do I still understand what this is for and how this works, right? There's so much stuff in life that is not the way you think it's going to work. It doesn't do the thing you think it's going to do. Well, it might still be useful. And so like another philosophical component is like, it sounds really weird, but I think you'll know what I mean. When I look at a really powerful app or like a fascinating app like Descript or, you know, Nova or like whatever VS Code, I, I go into it saying, okay, well, VS Code, that's probably pretty similar to TextMate and PBEdit. And it is, but then there's other stuff. There's a lot of, as they say in um, XP, like you ain't going to need it kind of stuff. Like you don't really need to learn every command in Photoshop. You don't need to learn every single thing that you can bring up with that Command Shift P. But try to listen to an app telling you how it wants to be used. Like, hello, I am an app. Here's what, I, what I'm good at. Um, here's how you have to adjust your thinking to align with the way that the app or the service works. Like, and if you get your mind right about that stuff, it can be so powerful. But, you know, again, if, if, I, if I go too far the other way and I just keep banging that hammer until, you know, I'm satisfied with the rhythm and the noise, well, that's not going to help anybody. You have to, what does the app want to do for you? How do you think like the app? And here's another great one, um, Chronosync. One of those terrific, like, I imagine it's a layer on top of our sync, but I don't know. Chronosync, it's it's classic, you know, fetch transmit style thing where you go like, okay, there's a folder here and there's a folder over there. And I want it to sync according to these rules. But you have to learn how that app thinks and how that app, what that app can do. And you have to discover the stuff that will really screw you up. But that that you you're iterating in terms of like improving the project as you learn more, do more, see more, prototype more. But you're also saying, well, you know, now that I know more about how this app or service works, that gives me some ideas for things that I can do that it looks like would not be difficult. Like if you go into, I guess what I'm trying to say in some ways is when you go into a new project or tech situation, like with too rigid of an idea about what something will do and how it will do it, you turn into Syracuse. Like I really... <laughs> With love, but I, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not hypercritical. I'm hypocritical, and uh, I, I just like a lot of things. Um, but anyway, that that's the theme. We'll, we'll, we can. I'd love to talk more about this. So I want to touch on uh, bunch. If you like, if you if you're interested in bunch, just go get the app. You know, Brett's project page is just crazy. He's got so much good stuff. I'll put a link in notes to Brett's site. Um, you can just go check out bunch. And if you want to hear Alex and me talk about it, um, you can listen to that due by Friday. Um, I'm, things I'm going to touch on, I hope today, uh, stream deck and like rediscovering what my stream deck is good at. I want to talk about better touch tool and something I cannot believe I didn't learn about till this week, which is called a hyper key. 
Um, and then I want to just mention a couple in passing. I wanted to mention um, a couple apps that are related to stuff like the Stream Deck. I want to talk about controller for HomeKit. I want to talk about home control <laughs> for HomeKit. Mm -hmm. And then finally, if we have time, time allowing, I, 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 I have some additions to my raves about the Stop the Madness Safari plugin. Um, there's stuff that's been added in the last couple months, as far as I know anyway, that are really helping me with turning Stop the Madness into not just a good ad blocking app, not just a good like privacy app, but also bringing in elements that you used to only see third party separate apps for. You know, like how crazy is it that every time you click on a Zoom meeting, you have to approve it and say like, okay, do you want me to open that? Well, they make that easier for you. Um, anyway, that's what I've got. I, I'm, I'm excited about automation and I'm even more excited about becoming less frantic about automation, yeah. a little more sane about it. And I had some uh, I had some thoughts, suggestions, and tips if that would work for you. Yeah, <clears throat> I would love to hear that stuff. Do you want me to tell you about something I like? I think it's before. critically important. You tell me about something that you like. You know, I've got two things that mm. I want to tell you about, and the it's first two of things them, with you. Mm. Yeah, it's always two things with me. The first one is this company called Outer. Outer. Get and, out. Uh, you know, ninety three percent of your life is spent indoors. Did you know that? I didn't. I. I didn't know. That. That I mean, is a I feel very like conservative it. estimate. Yeah. So, yeah. but so much of what we always think about or what we like is outdoors, right? You mm. know, I mean, you might be getting. Once air. you're out there, it can be nice. Friend it's of the mine inertia just went to of the... getting out. How do you get outside? Is the question. Well, how you know? do you get out there? A friend of mine just went to the beach, mm. and uh, it's the Port Aransas beach, you know, and um, Porter Wagner. It's Port Aransas. Okay. You know, and you, you come back from that, you're like, I was just outside. Like, I was outside. I know. Anytime my wife makes us go somewhere, I'm always, meh. I'm always, like, mad at first. And then I, I'm so grateful. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you make us go to things. It's nice. You can go walk around in trees. You can go to a beach. But how do you get off the bubble? Dan, how do you get outside? Well, that's the thing. Is like most of us think you can't get outside. You can't be outside. And if you are outside, you're sitting in, like, a crappy lawn chair. And you're like, this is dumb. I'm going back in. Oh, and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm virtually kabuki looking with my sunscreen. That's right. Yeah. I look like I look like uh, you know geisha doll or something. Did we say that? Is that I've racist? always thought. Of it. No, I think you is can that geishist? Say that about yourself. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. It's like calling yourself a poet or a thought leader. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. I'll, I'll mute. <laughs> no, you don't have to mute because I want your input on this. <laughs> All right. I need your input on this. Well, that, yeah. well the warmer weather, it's coming around. Uh -huh. You know, and this when we looked like the other night, I went outside because there was this, um, there was some kind of like lunar eclipse or blood bloody moon, moon. or something. Blood moon. Bl so I went outside to look at this thing. It was so nice out. And the first thing I thought was it would be so nice to just spend some time out sitting outside. It was a cool evening, the moon, you know, the, everything was beautiful. Uh. And that's what made me think of Outer. So yeah. I called them up right at that top moment. And I said, y'all need to sponsor this show. And they're like, we get it. We get it. We'll, we'll do it. And so that's what I'm here to tell you about. And it helps that Outer. you can speak from the heart. I can speak from the heart about this. Mm-hmm. Out, outer, they have, it's a new outdoor furniture company. And the whole reason that they're here is to help people like us who want to spend more time outside, but we don't want to have to go to Port A to do it. They make the world's most beautiful, comfortable, innovative. Oh, Port A. I port thought you were a. saying Porter something. Port A, Port Aransas. Mm. Do it's they the, have chairs? Do they have nice chairs there? No, nothing nice in Port <laughs> Aransas, except the okay. big shark you can walk in through its mouth. Okay. But Outer makes the world's the most beautiful, comfortable, innovative, and high-quality outdoor furniture. They're all made from sustainable materials, and 
They're the only outdoor furniture company that has a patented built-in cover because unlike people in, you know, San Francisco, the rest of the world- We don't really have weather. It rains. Yes. And you don't want to expose your stuff to the rain. Right. So like, here's an example. They make like these teak chairs that are really nice. You don't want those exposed to rain. So they got the cover. Mm. They got fire pit tables. They have a table- and it has the fire pit in in the table. Can you use it more than once? You nope. don't just set it on fire, right? Nope. It's okay. burnt up. No, of course you can use it more than once. Okay. That's cool. And the stuff that Outer makes, it looks and feels like what you would expect at like a really nice, like a five-star re- resort kind of thing. It's going to be less than you pay at a big box store for something that's garbaggio that you're not going to want anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. You know? I hate when I get the wrong one. When I, when I get the junky one and then my teak, my teak curls. Yes, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Don't curl my teeth. They have modular designs so you can customize everything. And they have what's called, they call life-proof material. This has nano coating because it's all about tech. There's, we mm-hmm. got nerds listening. They know what nano coatings are. Yes. It's going to fight off the mold, the bleach. It's stain resistant. And there's over a thousand neighborhood showrooms across the country that you can go to to see this stuff in person. Seriously, like... Customers across the country are going to invite you to their own house. You're like, I want to see your house. They're like, come to my house and you can see this. And you see this stuff like in their backyard. Like, I'm, this is how it works. It must make you look, I mean, I don't mean this disparagingly. It must make you look a, a little bit fancy. You're like a resort now. Very fancy. You can take, you can have the worst backyard. It's so much easier than actually becoming a lifestyle resort. And you put this stuff in there and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like you've classed up the place. Mm. Patented built-in outer shell cover. It protects your furniture from rain and from dew, which I know you do guys you guys do have is the dew. We do. And uh you're gonna see it and you're gonna say, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. That's living. That is so living. So they have a, a website and you go to the website, it's live outer, L-I-V-E, which could be saying live outer. Maybe it's live outer. They can have that. Or like live outer search engine, live. LeveAuter.com slash B2W. That's the URL. They have the best in class warranties. They've got 10 years for their aluminum line or aluminum line. Mm-hmm. And then we got a two week trial with free returns. You, that's how confident they are that you're going to like this stuff. And they're also for a limited time giving $300 off and free shipping. I don't know how they're doing this, but they want me to keep reading the URL over and over again. So here it is. Could you give it to me one more time at least? Live. O-U-T-E-R, L-I-V-E-O-U-T-E-R dot com slash B2W. That's $300 off. You're going to get the free shipping, liveouter.com slash B2W. I'm just going to keep saying it because Mm -hmm. then I'll make sure I hit all the marks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they also want me to say, because this is highlighted and it's in yellow, so that makes me feel like it's important. Okay. Terms and conditions apply. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I think that's something you can disregard personally. I'm disregarding it, but they want me to say terms and conditions apply. Well, they need to let you know. It's kind of like when you get the thing at the beginning of a, of a TV show and it says, hey, just so you know, there's flashing lights. If that's going to be a problem for you. Oh, yeah. Close your eyes or get out of there. Pokemon. Well, yeah. Or like a, like a trigger thing where you're like, if you want someone to bend your teak, we may not be right. I don't know if that's a term or a condition or even a thing, but like if you don't want nice teak. And, you know, restaurant quality re- resort service. Yeah. Maybe you need to go somewhere else. So see, I, they wouldn't say that probably. They have some notes here at I the bottom. I call it negging. Yeah. Is it that, in yellow? Oh, I would explain what negging is, except I don't think you, you would understand it. Wait a minute. <laughs> so the all-weather wicker is made <laughs> from... so mean. 99 plus recycled plastic <laughs> bottles. <laughs> he's, and he's is fully recycled. everybody else, but he's really mean to yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's wrapped around a powder coated alloy frame uh. for superior strength durability and i'm going to say skeletal girth and oh, the okay. aluminum collection combines all of outer's design values they've got the comfort yep check innovation yes Durability, yep. tech, yes. Tech, nano, nano. Sustainability, yes. Yep, yep, yep. yep Strong, yep. low-maintenance material, like you, yes. Strong like bull. Yep. So that's it. So thanks very much to Outer. Thank you, Outer. Liveouter.com slash B2W. And they'll know to go there. Okay, good. Good, 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 yeah, good. Yeah, that's where they get the discounts. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Philosophical component. Component. Yeah, I mean, like, I think this is actually kind of a, it's a little bit of a bit, the well-known thing of, like, there's certain kinds of geeky people who would rather spend, like, you know, the, 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 the I don't know, what there's there's some kind of a, probably a Stallman quote about this, but, like, something where, like, if you, you would rather spend, like, 10 hours fixing something than, like, five minutes doing it, like, if I can automate this, I want to do it, I, I, I'm close enough to having that brain that likes to be itched and scratched, I'm just going to abandon this whole analogy. It's fun <laughs> to play with stuff. It's fun to make stuff. But like in my case, I do need to keep a handle on when I'm working at cross purposes. And I, I mean, obviously, it's a podcast and I'm trying to say something useful. I, I'm not a, uh, I, I am in many ways a best at case. I'm not a best at case with this all the time. But I think that Stream Deck example is, is kind of telling where like I got the Stream Deck. And so, like I say, this is, I've got the little one, which is a combination of like, five columns, three rows of buttons, and you can program with stuff. And you're supposed to use it for douchebag stuff. You're supposed to go like, oh, thanks, we got 7,000 thought coins to my, you know, uh, blockchain followers or whatever. Or like, hey, we're doing a giveaway, t-shirts and bumper stickers. Or like, show me my Twitter account. Um, a, a theme that has really been landing on me in a way I hadn't... Okay, what's neat about an iPhone? One thing that's neat about an iPhone, it's also very confusing at first. You know, you remember when Steve did the demo, and it was like, wait a minute, touch screen? What? This is nuts. Look at this thing, the whole screen. It's not that, this, it's not that the screen doesn't have a keyboard, it's that anything can be a keyboard. Anything can be a button. And that, that even today, that is still a little bit disarming. If I'm waking up and like I, I'm looking at my phone, I set it down and I go and grab it again and it's still on, I forget that my entire screen is a button. And I'm clicking stuff. The whole screen's stuff. a button. The whole screen's a button. But like, here's the, the this, is, this is, again, the kind of subtlety that makes me so obscure to normal people. It's like, a, if you think about a, there's a, think about a button on like a dial phone. Like when you hit the nine, that sends the little beep boop signal, the little, that horrible discordant uh, interval that equals nine to, to, to the phone, right? But, you know, if you're not sure if you hit nine once or twice, you can't tell by looking at the number nine. Well, good job, Merlin. That's nice. really smart. You must have lived through the 70s. But what about a button that's also a screen? Because your phone is that. Your, your, your quote-unquote screen, your display, is like it's a way that you see like it's giving you information you can there's affordances as don norman would say there's affordances for clicking on things doing things dragging things gestures arguably maybe for some of us too many gestures is really confusing sometimes but but there's something so fascinating to me about a button that's not a phone number no yeah. number nine number it's <laughs> turn me on dead man <laughs> the um but on the Stream Deck, you not only have 15 affordances that do stuff, there's also stuff like a toggle. 
So you could say this thing that I made on the Stream Deck is a toggle. And like I have different icons for it. When I click, it does this. When I click it again, it does the opposite of that. That's neat. I don't need two separate buttons for that. You don't, we no longer need two buttons to turn our lights on and off. Remember back in the day, like in the earlier days of electricity, you'd have two big, very clicky, like, you know, not capacitive, but very clicky switch buttons. Mm -hmm. And now you have a quote unquote switch that you flick and up usually means on and down usually means off unless you live in San Francisco and they weren't very careful and installed things upside down. That drives you crazy. But you get used to that. But what I'm trying to get at here is on the stream deck, yeah, the buttons do stuff. They can launch shortcuts. They can, you know, thank your followers. Uh, in my case, a lot of what I've got on my stream deck is to turn lights on and off, to set scenes from, you know, HomeKit things. But it also displays information. So that button... Well, in my case, I, my middle button now is a picture of Paul Lynn because it reminds me of Hollywood Squares. Um, but, um, but, but you could have one that, like, it's, the button is not just a thing you click physically to do something. It also is it can tell you something. Because, yeah, you got 15 buttons, and those 15 buttons can be things like toggles, but it also, consequently, you have 15 little screens. So if you, there's certain kinds of things where you might, you might want, like I say, if it matters a lot to you to watch your follower count on Twitter, I wouldn't recommend it. But if, if you're like, you know, Johnny Streamer, if you're Ninja Twitch, like you want to be able to see that stuff. You want to see how many people are maybe in your IRC channel or whatever. Do, do you follow what I mean though? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it sounds subtle, but it, it's not. Um, to get, to have a tiny screen that's also a button but that do different things, it's just so much easier sometimes. And, and this gets to another philosophical point that I think is really important, which is there's more than one way to do so many different things. Like e even on my, my Mac in a pre-stream deck age, you think about all the things. I, th I think one of the things that I initially found a little bit confusing about using a Mac in 1987 is there's so many ways you can do everything. I mean, the best example probably, if you want to copy some text, you select it. And then you can either go to the menu, like, a, like an old, and select copy, or you can do Command-C, right? You could do that. Um, but like, now there's, so, there's many more ways. Like if I want to get something I've said here before, I think, if I want to get something into deliveries, my delivery tracking app or parcel or whatever, I just select the tracking number. And in my case, uh, with LaunchBar, I hit option, option. That sends it to launch bar. Mm -hmm. And then in a meta keyless way, I just type the letter D without any keys or tabbing or anything. And then I hit enter. It's like, boop, boop, boop. And I'm done. That's a way that I can add a tracking number. I can also do lots of, I could go to a website and enter a tracking number. I could do all that different stuff. But like, once you start scratching the surface, it's, you think about somebody like, like Charlie Parker, obviously the man learned his scales he got real good at it. He could play them really fast. People made fun of him and, and said it sounded like he's always playing the Woody Woodpecker song, which he kind of does. But like <laughs> he mastered the vocabulary of the sax in so many ways that he could deploy musical ideas. That's what jazz improvisation is, man. It's like you can deploy all of your skills in your background and your intuition will tell you kind of what to play. It does help a lot to have practiced a lot. And then to have rehearsed a lot, and there is a difference. Um, that's all really good, because then you can play jazz. And in some ways, we're playing Mac jazz here, 
title. Because there's so many ways you can do anything. There's the standard keyboard commands. We could even just probably limit this to just Command-C, but let's go a little bit nuts here. There's all kinds of ways that you can push or pull information in different ways. You go, go look at the terminal and the way that you could do, like, do run, run tail to grab a certain number of lines off of a log file. You don't have to open a buffer and select manually with a cursor. You may not even have a cursor in the terminal. Like there's, there's, there, then there's the ways of like, uh, you got menus, you got keyboard commands, um, all of the different kind of third party apps that will afford stuff like this. And now in the case of Stream Deck, I'm doing stuff on my Mac that I have a button on an external device that will let me do that. That's really cool. S using stuff like Better Touch Tool and uh, Keyboard Maestro, like I've mapped a lot of my top row keys to the apps that I use a lot, which is real, real easy to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, depending on what you want to do, I think Better Touch Tool is an easier, faster way to do that. But Keyboard Maestro is, oh God, I do not want to get into this turf war. I, I just um, find it more intuitive sometimes to do it in better touch tools. So like in my case, if I just hit F15, that opens task paper, F14 opens drafts, F13 opens NVALT, et cetera. Well, okay, is that the only way you can do it? No, I can double click it in the finder. I can use launch bar to, to launch it. Now, why would you need all those ways? Can't Charlie Parker just get by with, with eight notes played slowly? I mean, he could, but like the Mac Jazz part of this is like you will, if you work work these skills and spend a lot of time practicing and rehearsing, you will intuitively know what the best way to do something is. Like, and again, I, I'm remembering like when I briefly worked with Jeff Veen and like watching how he used the combination of finder and terminal. Cause he, he came up in on VI, like he was like a VI and I think bash guy, but yeah. the point is like to watch him, he didn't have to think about what's the easiest way to zip this folder full of images. It's just bim, bam, boom. He, like, he knew what to do, what to grab. And like, I mean, how many of y'all today know that you can right-click? Um, like, for example, you can grab a bunch of files in your downloads folder. You can right-click to, say, create a new folder with these items in it. It's already pre-selected, so then you just start typing to give it a name, hit enter, and then you can right-click to compress it. Like, that's pretty great. There's a million other ways I could do that, whether you're using Alfred, LaunchBar, any of those things. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is that uh, there's always the cautionary tale kind of lingering in the background of like, don't go too far up your butt. Don't try to be too ambitious with learning stuff where you kind of step on your own wiener. But like, I do feel like the, the Mac Jazz part of this is like with, you know, tempered by a desire to actually produce the stuff you want to produce, you can find ways to do all this stuff and you'll just know which way is the best way, which is the easiest way. And that could be something, Dan, it could be something as simple as where's my right hand right now? Mm. If my right hand is already on the touchpad or touch trackpad, if it's already on the trackpad, like there's a pretty good chance I'll do like a two finger click to get a contextual menu. If my hand's already on the keyboard and I'm typing away, um, I might use launch bar or, you know, what have you. And, you know, uh, but like, you know, like a really obvious example, like I love the play button, <laughs> the play and the pause and the volume all, believe me, all those buttons are still, they work the way you're supposed to, but like your Mac is smart. It knows that in my case, play means that whatever media is playing to the extent possible, control that media. So if I'm watching a YouTube video and hit play, it knows uh, to pause that. 
if I'm listening to something in uh, Guy Rambo's uh, wonderful podcast menu, which is what I use to listen to Overcast on my Mac, it'll control the media there. Like the play key, you know, play and pause now controls that. There's just, I don't know. I, I just think this stuff is so fascinating and something even as dumb as this old school, very old Mac idea. Syracuse and I talked about this. It used to be when you got a Mac extended keyboard, it came with that little, like a, what would you call it? Not a template, but like an overlay that you could put over your keys to like write with pencil on, on like what this key does that you reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like for me, like I eventually, and so then, you know, as always realization is the hack where I like, I go, oh, well, you know, I'm forever switching over to drafts or NVL, which I use for similar, but different things. And like, if I just want to type, you know, like (laughs) weird thing about me is that I type almost everything in drafts before I decide what I'm going to do with it. So like, if I know I'm going to send a message to somebody that's more than like, like I I texted you this morning, Mm -hmm. I wrote that in drafts and pasted it in. How weird is that? Because drafts enables you to live in a world where you think about what you want to say rather than where you need to send it. And you minimize the number of unnecessary, like, dumb things you do because you're in a hurry and hit the wrong button and you just send an audio file and you're sent with fireworks or whatever. Drafts is for the typing. The sending happens other places. Mm. (laughs) It's like I'm on Dagobah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so I wanted to, to touch on some of these and I, I, this is rambling, but it's a, just a, it's a practical and philosophical journey for me to get better at this stuff. Returning quickly to the stream deck, like I got the stream deck for the streamer ish things and long story short, it was so, I, what I really wanted was like, I want to be able to like have a really fast way to like control my lights, you know, just to set home kit scenes. Um, people like the wonderful Jason Snell have created this incredible shortcut. He and Dan of collaborated, Dan Moore from Six Colors, have both collaborated on these dueling versions of a podcast marker shortcut for Stream Deck, where it can like create a text file of when you put a certain kind of marker. Um, that's really amazing. But the nadir of this, in some ways, I'm not bagging on Home Assistant, because it is really cool. Home Assistant is a... A smart home and automation hub that can run in lots of different places. I ran it on my Synology. You can run it in Docker. I was running it as a as a package. What they call it? Yeah, a package in um, Synology. But it was also producing weird results. Like I I couldn't. It felt like that might have had a role in how HomeKit had slowed down, apart from its own natural slowness. But but even here's another one. Like I love Elgato Eve products. Eve. I love I love Elgato. Uh, room, you know, the, they'll like tell you temperature, humidity stuff. I love Elgato weather. So you basically just stick that similarly sized dongus outside and it tells you what the temperature is outside and etc. cetera. Um, I love all the Eve stuff. I love the Eve energy. Those are so great. You can track your energy usage on a device and control it remotely. And that's all really great. The Eve button felt like an answer to me. Mm. It felt like a descendant of my life changing hue switches. Everything changed at our house when we got, this sounds crazy to like invest in all this huge junk, but then just to go back to a light switch, well, kind of, but you know, to get the addressability and remote access of having all your stuff on HomeKit, like you do give away a little bit of the physical world 1930s idea about how a light works. Because if, if somebody turns off the light at the switch in your rented house, that thing's not addressable. You can't get to it anymore. 
So what do you do? You could put like a cover over it. So, hey, please don't do this. But, but what if there's a babysitter or a person who doesn't, doesn't like talking to lamps? What do they do? Well, you get a huge switch, and a huge switch it has four buttons on it. You mount it on a wall or just have it laying around, and you could say, do this scene, do this thing, turn it off, blah, 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 control multiple rooms. So powerful. But the people who don't want to talk to a lamp, title, <laughs> don't have to talk to a lamp. All of that is doable. And a home assistant is another kind of layer on top of this. I think like Hoob's. Or uh, there's a lot of these, a handful of these things out there that have great communities. Home Assistant has a great community. I mean, uh, the thing it does right on the tin is Home Assistant will help you get your HomeKit stuff working with all your stuff that's not HomeKit stuff. So if you've got like a, a crappy little IP camera that you can just reach at, you know, an IP address, like, guess what? You put that in something called creepy name surveillance station. You could have fifty of those. You could be like John Roderick watching birds from your tree. You could put all that stuff on the same system, and it controls it together. It exposes all your HomeKit stuff back into HomeKit. But, but I, st- I had a little bit of a breakthrough a few weeks ago where I was having. I might have mentioned this. I th- like a lot of people. I'm a little frustrated with HomeKit, and especially the Home app. There's a lot about it that feels k- kind of weird and sketchy sometimes. And, like, I discovered that I'm not the only person in the world where lights do kind of random stuff sometimes. Yeah. But here's what I did discover eventually. Well, okay, let me put it this way. I don't want to do the XY problem here. I'm going to try and just say what I noticed. My family would be sitting around. Maybe they're sitting on the toilet. Maybe they're watching TV. And the lights in a room or part of the house would just suddenly go off. And then they might turn back on. And I was like, oh, damn it. Because I've hacked all this stuff together. I'm running Home Assistant. But then on top of it all, if I want to use HomeKit automations, I have to create, we don't use this term anymore, but master and slave relationships. Mm-hmm. Main, what do you say, primary and secondary? Yeah, usually. So I might say primary in this room is the overhead Hue light. Well, guess what? Hue and um, iDevices don't play together in exactly the same way and don't play the same way as Lutron Cassetta and all those kinds of things. So I started doing these this I thought fairly brilliant hack of saying whenever the overhead light in the lounge turns on, also turn on this big lamp over here, which is an iDevices thing. Um, And then, you know, the inverse, when I turn off the overhead light, that turns off that lamp. But uh, something was going weird and my, my most basic automation stopped working or they'd suddenly become disabled. We're like the, you know, one of ours is turn on the front lights at 3.45 PM. Like, but then that's going to duel with the Hue sensor. You, I, if you're frustrated with this, imagine how I feel, right? So we have a Hue sensor, uh, you know, by the door, and if it detects motion, it turns on the lights for 10 minutes. But, I mean, without getting into a really tortured shortcut, how do I say, if the um, Logitech camera or the Hue sensor detects presence, turn on the lights for a certain period of time. That was easy enough, right? You just go and make some automations. But then it took me, Dan, it took me a week and a half at least to get this to work right once, which is at 3.30 p.m., stop doing that, those automations that turn this off because it kept turning the light off at like, you know, 3.46 or 3.50 or whatever. And so it's just, oh, that, that wrangling in our bathroom light. Like, how do I get the light to just stay on as long as there's presence? And that means if somebody goes in and takes a shower and it exceeds the, like, eight-minute, like, are they going to be in the dark because it went off? And so I addressed this by adding more and more layers and more and more complexity, which 
spoiler alert, seven, rarely makes stuff better. It very rarely makes it more stable. You need to remove pieces to create stability. I mean, a three-legged stool is a pretty sturdy stool. Having a 97-legged stool Mm -hmm. might seem better, but, like, that's more legs to break, right? So, I don't know. It really came together, though, with the Eve button because something called the Eve button. Now, this is really cool. An Eve button is a thing you get from Elgato Eve, and it's really neat. You go directly into HomeKit to program this once it's on your network, and it's got a single button on it. I thought this was going to be the answer to my prayers, right? Click it, click it once, it can do a thing. Click it twice, it can do a different thing. Long press, it can do like a third thing. Clever, right? Mm-hmm. It gets better when it works, which is, how about this? How about you go create, you associate each of those buttons with a different shortcut. And that shortcut is an if statement, right? So I arrive at my office, I click the button once. And the logic behind that shortcut is if this particular light is off, set the following scene. If this particular light is on, turn everything off. Really basic, you know, you can do this really easily in HomeKit. Just say, create this as a shortcut, blah, 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 blah. Really, really great. But then when the lights started turning off randomly, I was about to lose my mind. And at that point, I have really, I've crossed a line with my family. Nobody likes pooping (laughs) in the dark. Unless that's what you had in mind, maybe you're German. You don't want to be in a shower and have the lights go off. So now I'm going in and I'm trying to debug this. I'm making sure, did I do something? There are ways you can do stuff in Home Plus, which is a terrific app. There's stuff you can do in Home Plus where you accidentally step on canonical HomeKit stuff. You got to be careful with that. Did you disable this? How many of these things do you have running? Have you filled up the amount of scenes that you could have? So I started debugging, debugging, debugging. Nothing's working. I eventually, I felt like such a putz. I finally turned off a bunch of automations just to isolate. Let's try this for two nights. Just sit around, you know, watching Hulu and waiting for the lights to shut off. (laughs) I could not detect a pattern there. And I wanted my automations back. Then I did a really wild thing. It was while I was changing the little watch battery on one of my Eve's room that it occurred to me, what if something's going wrong with the Eve room? I can't prove this. But I thought, it is kind of weird. I don't know how the button interface on that works you know is it something where i don't know temperature humidity etc could be affecting it i took the batteries out of both eve's room and everything started working again Ooh. now now i can't prove that i'm not yelling at you senor elgato mr the cat um but i am saying like oh all that stuff i added for my nominal convenience eventually ended up causing all these problems instability, less functionality, less trust, and now I've got a 99-legged stool, and I'm not happy. No. And so, like, for example, with Stream Deck, that's one of the reasons I got Home Assistant up and running, was so that I could do all these different ways to, like, get to my, my HomeKit and Home Assistant stuff. Then I got another app called Companion, which is a daemon that runs on your Mac and basically... It's an open, open, not open source, but you pay for it. But it's an app that runs alongside stuff like Home Assistant and Stream Deck. Do you see where I'm going with this, though? I, I, if you don't, that's okay. That's the point. What am I doing with all of this? This is crazy. So first principles, Clarice. Still want that Stream Deck to work. I eventually unplugged it. When I got my new computer, I just stopped using my Stream Deck. Finally, I plugged it back in, 
And I said, let's really start from the most basic stuff, right? What do I want my stream deck to do? Well, when a podcast starts, like for example, with Bunch, I have it set to, um, you know, like I say, turn on Do Not Disturb, da, da 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 Unfortunately, this is not Bunch's fault. To get Bunch to do HomeKit stuff, it has to be through, I believe, something like a Dingus, a Dongus, a Home Assistant. But then I went and Googled around. Once again, the aforementioned uh, Dan and Jason from Six Colors, I discovered, because I'd been using this app called Home Control. Home Control basically makes all of your HomeKit stuff on your, available on your Mac. Vi I got it because it lets you do key commands. So like Command Option Shift F can turn your fans off, right? Here's what's neat, though. I, I don't know how much of this is Apple and Mac and how much of this is Home Control, but every scene, every device um, has a, what do you call it? Not a, is it a callback? A URL, right? Mm -hmm. A URL, that, so think of it like this. Think about an API where you go to this web address and if you know the API key, you can say to that computer at this address, go do this thing. When you get this and you know it's me, do this thing. And Home Control lets you do that. So all this stuff I've gone through, I finally get back to first principles, Clarice, and here's what I'm doing. You go into, and I learned, it's already in notes. I learned this from Six Colors. I am a subscriber. You go and basically with, with uh, Stream Deck, Stream Deck, now here's where the pieces fit together. Stream Deck has, uh, Dick, wow. Oh, Freudian Blitz, everybody out of the penis. Um, the, uh, but, but, so it has a website, right? So you can say, oh, go to youtube.com slash streaming Johnny or whatever, right? Well, guess what? Website can also be a button that goes and, you know, puts, gets, does an API call. So now when I want to turn off my fans, I just, I copy the URL for fans off from home control, paste it into the button for stream deck and it's flawless. It's fast. It's immediate. And yes, admittedly, there are still layers to this, but I need layers until HomeKit gets really good. I need layers to do the stuff that I want to do. And uh, anyway, I, just, I wanted to share that is, is, I don't know, just a little bit of that journey. I think that the least useful part was the very ragged number of tips and tricks that I'm offering. What I hope is useful is that I do still think this stuff is fun. I think it's exciting. Um, uh, you know, let's go back to our conversation from a few months ago where I've been like retiring on a regular basis. Whether or not I replace it, I've just been getting rid of Amazon voice dinguses because I, I don't super trust them. They're so unreliable, and there's. I always feel like I'm the I'm the schmuck where they're always putting up ads for stuff and recipes. And do I want to see pyre, something called Pioneer Woman explain the difference between prime rib and ribeye steak? No, I don't. I just always want this picture of my kid to be on here, and I want it to act like it does, like like the way that the Google product does. So yeah, I'm just I'm tossing some of this out there. I still have a couple more little uh, cleanup bits to, to get to, but I wanted to just say that that's a journey I've been on, and I am sharing this as a, you know, for Automators Anonymous here, is that I do need to keep, keep a bead on why I'm doing this, but still have the expansiveness, the openness to learn from these things. But that's kind of what I'm doing with the Stream Deck. Stream Deck, like, hey, Stream Deck, what kind of stuff can you do? Well, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do all these things. Like, okay, you do that right out of the box. Well, are there any other things that do something right out of the box where I can make those two work together? And I'm, I'm potentially reducing layers and layers of f fudgy crap that just makes stuff not work or makes it low -key 
or like, you know, just another process to get stuck on. Like my dad used to say, never buy a car with power windows or like, you know, power locks. It's just more stuff to break. And that's, I, I'm trying to minimize the number of things that can break. And I'll certainly go back the other way because that's how pendulum do, you know, <laughs> England yeah, swings is, like a pendulum do. That is how they do. Patties on bicycles, two by two. Um, were you ever a fan of Roger Miller when you were a kid? You know him, you know, you know, you know him as the, uh, he's the rooster, he's the cock. He's the rooster in Robin Hood. He's the guy singing the you la di la di day, that guy. In the oh, Robin Hood cartoon yeah. with the sexy foxes yeah, that yeah, yeah. single-handedly created furries. Did you know that? Uh, no, I did not know that. That made Marion is foxy. Um, and so that's what I want to share. And I got a couple more, uh, just things along the way. I want to talk about this hyper key thing. And I, um, I want to just do a real quick blast through some new to me stuff in stop the madness that I think is really handy and fits this. Oh, the other one in passing, um, you guys go check out an app. It's for iOS, but it works on a Mac, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess a Silicon Mac, um, controller for HomeKit, which I really like. It's another one of these, you know, million different HomeKit apps, but it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but that's something I love which is a maintenance area. You go click on this little maintenance thing. It says, it says show me all this, you know, show me all the stuff that might be goofy right now. So show me anything that needs to be recharged. If anything has a battery level below 20% or you, know, you select what you want that to be, like, let me know. Uh, if there's anything here where there's like, do I have rooms that have no stuff in it? Do I have zones that have no rooms or stuff in it? Like all this cleanup stuff. I, we shouldn't need things like that. We, we shouldn't need things like there's a Hue app that I run that basically cleans out scenes that are invisible and gets rid of all the cruft that's accumulated over time. Um, that's the other really powerful one. HomeKit, I love you, buddy, but you really got to pick it up. And so I'm just trying to remove my fudge. Yeah. In the dark. I, mean, I think that's fair. These are fair. These are fair, fair complaints. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can wrap this up soon. Uh, did you have a second thing to tell you all that you like? Uh, you know, actually, I do. Uh-huh. Uh, I do have a second. Indeed. Uh, a second thing. It, and, and Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> do the listeners know that I cheat? Do, do you? Are you, lo- are you over there oh, every looking? single time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care about the money. I just want to know how many times I have to take a breath. Oh, right. I it's mean, really survival. Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to tell them about Indeed. So this would be the time when you can, you can be with them. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry, yes. indeed. So this is the thing. They want me to explain to people who are listening to the show that the, the people listening to the show need a fresh start in all parts of their life, even at work. Maybe I would say, Merlin, especially. especially yes, yeah, so you knew indeed. where I was going to go indeed. with that. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. You're hiring, right? You're mm-hmm. hiring people. You want to hire people. I can Hire? Speak Wait, to I'm this. hiring? Yes. How am I going to find people? I don't even know what I need jobs for. I'm looking for people to hire right now. I'm looking for a Rails developer. I'm looking for a front-end developer. I'm looking for these people. And I'm actually going to be, I'm going to eat my own dog foods by Hmm. using Indeed for this. Indeed is a hiring partner. They make it You could also say drink your own champagne. That was the move a few years back is we're going to say we don't eat our own dog food. We drink our own champagne. Let's change it to drink your own champagne. That probably became problematic. Working on the railroad. Bring in a Rails. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And I want to find people with the right skills and I want it to be simple. That's Indeed. That's what they do. You need Indeed if you're hiring because they are the hiring partner. You can attract and interview and hire and you can do it all in one place. It's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants. Guaranteed, Merlin, to find Hmm. quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements. This is what the text says on my screen. Is it in yellow? This part is not in yellow. Okay. 
And okay. just riff, have fun with it. But here's the thing: if the if you don't find them, you don't pay. That's how this works. So instead mm. of spending like hours on lots of different multiple job sites where you're <laughs> hoping, like, I hope there's a candidate with the right skills. No, Indeed is there for you. Indeed, you know when you know. Have you ever looked at your child, Merlin, and thought, yes. "I once held this child in my hands, in yes. my in my arms, you and can now just pick them up and put them in the seat, whether a they like giant it or not. beast of a human being." Yeah. But yeah, is, I thought that. Sure. Indeed is going to hold you the way that you held your own child. Oh, can it swing me around? I'd really love that. If you can't sleep. Oh, but you can just drive me around in the car. And play reggae. Mm-hmm. I would love it if some somebody could be, I don't, gender is not a concern for me. No. I don't, I don't see binaries. No. But like if somebody could pick me up and swing me around, like ideally someone who's like 10 feet tall, I'd be super into it. Like John? Mm-hmm. I, I'm virtually German in that sense. <laughs> That's so cool. And so you're going to hire a Rails, Rails person. A so Rails, what they do is they have day. this thing called Indeed Instant Match. They've got this thing called Assessments. And then they've got your, your virtual instant. Well, let me tell you about it. Instant Match. So as soon yeah, what, as you sponsor a post, yeah, okay. you're going to get a short list of quality candidates. The resumes on Indeed, they're going to show up. They're going to match your job description, not just uh-huh. randos. And then you can invite them to apply. Basically, you're going to see a list of people. And instead of waiting for them, you're going to be like, hey, you should apply for this job. It's like you're reaching out to them. You're being proactive. Yes, that's the difference. Okay, that's the indeed difference. Okay. That's right. That's smart. That's smart, Dan. But you only pay for quality applicants that are meeting your must-have requirements. So so if you get a bunch of people interested and they don't meet it, you're not paying for those jerks. I don't want to hear from them. Get out of here. I'm telling you it's easy. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like you're going to have people on, your your project's going to be on rails in no time. <clears throat> they could be eight feet tall. I just really want to be four times more hires than all other Throw job sites air, combined, Daddy. according to Talent Nest. Oh, Talent Nest. Talent huh. Nest says that Indeed delivers four times. That's a feather in their more. cap. I know. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are mm. more than three million businesses worldwide, worldwide mm-hmm. that are using Indeed to hire great talent fast. So here's the part that is in yellow. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed. so indeed.com slash back to work. Indeed.com slash back to work. Now, it, it also says here mm-hmm. that this is <laughs> expires. You have to do this before March 31st, though. Okay. okay. But that's in the past now. So March I don't 31st know. March 31st of 2022? Yes. Oh, okay. That's going to be tricky. Yeah, because this show is being recorded after that. Mm. So I don't know this episode if that's... Of Back to Work is brought to you by TARDIS. <laughs> so we don't say TARDIS anymore. Here's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen if you go to indeed.com slash back to work. So I'm going to do I, it right you now. Might, you might, you know, like when you're the, when, uh, sort of like when, uh, when Selena uh, goes overseas and she thinks she might be poisoned by, uh, by uh, Stephen Fry. Yeah. Make, makes, makes Gary taste her food. Oh, yeah. You, you might need a, you might need a, a URL taster. So I just went to it, and it still shows the $75 really? credit there. Maybe they did the re-up. They must have done a re-up or something. Huh. So well, I'm going to assume it's still that good. That could change. If they catch that... Yeah, that could go away. I don't you're going to go back. I don't think they're going to send you all the way back to, like, <laughs> brain dead. This person isn't a right fit. But if you want to get your match, yeah. you're going you're gonna, I would, to... I would go real quick, you guys. Yeah. And, and, and put your project on rails. <laughs> so thanks very much to yeah, thank Indeed. You. Indeed.com slash... Back to work. See what happens when you go there. Maybe you get 75 bucks off. See what happens. Maybe not. But I I say go there and figure it out. Maybe a German explodes in your bathroom. (laughs) Octu Lieber. 
Himmelin von Kocken. Um, I, you know what? I don't care. I don't want to keep talking about this. This is all boring. Um, you know what I'm, okay, so here's the thing. Better touch tool. So great. So I learned about, I think I learned about this from Brett Terpstra. And like, because better touch tool was one of the early apps I was aware of that, so like forever we've had, well, I don't know, stuff like quick keys, right? Uh, I think that's what it's called. But the apps that let you like, I want to remap the way this thing works, or I want to make a macro and I'm going to do that kind of stuff like back in the day. And boy, could you ever screw yourself up good with this? Um, but there were, those are powerful apps, right? But a touch tool comes along and it says, hey, I can do more than just do stuff with your keyboard. Like I can do stuff with your trackpad. I can do stuff with your magic mouse, which sounds dirty. I can, there's all kinds of things where I can, or like, for example, if you've got a touch bar on your, on your Mac, like I used better touch tool to basically turn I did a hack of my own design mm. to turn off everything in the touch bar except a button that says reveal touch bar. It was the best money I ever spent. Nice. I don't want to keep accidentally typing a thing that makes the brightness change. Like, I'm just typing here, to quote Dustin Hoffman. Um, better touch tool, though. I, I Again, great documentation. Once again, something I can't believe I didn't know till now. Dan. If you've done, and, and just play along like you don't know what I'm yeah, going to say. Yeah, I have no idea. What okay, I mean. all right. But like you've done stuff, certainly, at some point in your life where like maybe you're like, oh, I miss Emacs. I want to do complicated things with my hands. And so you come up with like every key binding associate. Okay, so here's one. Here's a freebie for y'all. Um, this is crazy powerful. This is some old school Mac stuff that is built into your Apple computer. And I love that this exists. You go to... Uh, what's it called? Preferences. You go to system preferences. You go to keyboard. Uh, I'm not going to pull this up, but you're going to keyboard and like, you'll see that like, oh, damn it. All right. I'm clicking, clicking, go to system preferences, ellipsis. You go to keyboard and then you go to shortcuts, mm, namespace pollution. And under shortcuts, you're going to see you got launchpad stuff, mission control stuff, keyboard stuff, screenshots, services, spotlight, accessibility, and app shortcuts. Now, you may know, because you're smarter than the average bear, and I do want to ask you about the bear thing you put in notes. Um, if you're smarter than the average bear, you probably already know. If you want to change, like, beep, boop, do this thing in, um, you know, uh, mission control. I want that to be a different key command. I want a different thing to happen down in the corner than my quick note or whatever. You may know that you can go in and change that in the keyboard. This is like, this is, this is not close to the metal, but it's 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 a little further down than a lot of these things. You go in and say, from now on, when I type this, I want it to do that. Like, my Apple Macintosh computer does this particular thing. I mean, I've seen one. I tried one for about three minutes that was so clever. But there's one where you can go in and say, for example, if you've got the right services installed, what if you turned off Command-V for paste and you change that to a service called paste without formatting. Like, what if you never want to see style text again? That's well, almost all the time, really. Right, right. But it does actually end up, you know, like if you're doing Google Docs, it gets kind of silly. But mm -hmm. the point is, you know, just let's just get this out of the way. You can change your key commands for a whole bunch of stuff. I would do this very advisedly. I would not change a ton of these at once or you might drive yourself crazy. That's powerful. So any, if you want Spotlight to be a different key, like in my case, like I love this app called CleanShot for doing screenshots. So I've turned off Command Shift 3, 4, and 5, you know, for capture full screen, capture selection, capture window. And I've had to turn those off, you know, 
in keyboard preferences so that CleanShot can take over. Um, you know, you, you run into this, for example, with a, a launcher like LaunchBar or Alfred or whatever. I mean, on on most people's Mac, if you hit Command Space, I think it pulls up Spotlight. You start typing. I like Command Space for LaunchBar, so you can change that. That's all table stakes, right? Let's go down to that little one called App Shortcuts because this is where it gets a little bit crazy. Between services and app shortcuts, you're gonna your mind is gonna be blown. Let's leave services aside for a minute because that's a little bit of a confusing idea. But if you've got, for example, once again, once again, Brett Terpstra's awesome services, you can make key commands for those things. But here, okay, and when I say this is old school Apple Macintosh stuff, like this feels like a hack, and I can't believe that it works. Let's say you go down to app shortcuts, and there may not be much there. Here's the trick. Anything that's available under a menu. I think the asterisk is anything that's under a top-level menu, but I'm not exactly sure. You can make a key command for of your own choosing. And how does it know? You say under app shortcuts. Um, I want to do something with messages.app. That's cool. What do you want to do with messages.app? I want to make it easier to get rid of all of these messages from delivery services and political campaigns. And it drives me a little bit crazy. And I'm, I can't believe I have to click like a monster to delete a conversation. Um, anyway, you can also like backspace and stuff. But I made one under there uh, called delete conversation. Well, how does it know? This is the hack. Inside, so if you have an app that you want a new key command in or a different key command in, just make sure you type exactly what it's called in the menu. This is like some res edit level shit. Like you go in and you say <laughs> like, seriously, like you go in and get your fat bits rolling, you know, fat bits. Ah, um, you well, don't love that. Messages that up from now on, you know, the menu that says delete conversation, make that command shift F19. A little bit of a chord, but how cool is it? Did you know that, Dan? Did you know that you can go in? And anything that's under a menu, you can make your own key command for it in, on your Mac, in preferences, straight out of the box. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's really handy. I did not know that. This is a good prompt, though, so that's really cool. But here's the thing. Anybody who spent any amount of time doing custom key commands, whether that's for LaunchBar or, like, in my case, Quicksilver. I used to have so many key commands for Quicksilver. They were just bananas. I, had, I, I would have a, 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 an Emacs-style cord where I'm basically hitting like seven or eight keys to append or sorry. Yeah. Append to a, a given text file. I go blorp, hit the keys, hit the 11 keys on the Mac, start typing. And I've just appended to a given file because that's how I roll. Right. That's so cool. Um, I don't want, maybe don't want to have to always hit command shift F9, but Dan, Dan, you know, this is Bob, this is our infomercial called thrilling miracles. How many times has this happened to you? Like, kiss the pan. This is insane. How many, you're going to eventually run out of things that you could do that aren't knuckle busting, you know, chords. I have so many things where, like, you know, first thought, best thought, where I'm like, I hit command, option, shift, and a thing, and I want something to happen. And it goes blurk because command, option, shift, that thing is already a key command, uh, you know? And I don't, what am I going to do? I'm going to add more of these. Like, uh, ugh, it's so frustrating. Check this out. I, I Listen, listen. I know a lot of you already know this. I did not know this, so now you need to know this. Better Touch Tool. There's stuff, let's say, that you want to do with keyboard commands and Better Touch Tool. 
Well, you know, like I say, that for me, that stuff like Launch NV Alt, uh, Open Drafts. Uh, I have one, you know, the Globe, the new Globe thing. Globe F12 pastes in my phone number. Well, that's handy. Now, well, I also have that if I type the string M-Y-P-H-O-N-E, it does the same thing, which is great, you know, if you're on your phone. Don't put passwords in there, by the way. But you could do stuff like that. But I also, there's certain kinds of things. Again, my fingers are on the keyboard, and it's just faster for me to type a meta key and another key rather than type M-Y-P-H-O-N-E or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, mini paths to get to the boot of here. Um, but there's this thing the Better Touch Tool people came up with, and it's, I can't, Jesus Christ. A word coined by, go ahead, say it. David. No, no. Who, who, who's come up? Oh, yeah. Dave, David's done a lot on this, David's, too. I mean, David's the guy, right? David's, David's, well, but like the person who invented the term hyperkey was Brett Terpstra. And I think David's oh, written did? a lot about this. But Better Touch Tool, do you know about this? You create a hyperkey. So first of all, you're going to go create a key and say under the keyboard area, you go and you select and you say, for example, get ready for this, command, option, control, shift and the caps lock. Now, you do have to undo, you have to undo caps lock remapping in preferences, which I had to do, but do you follow me here? So like from now on, command, option, control, shift. That now means shift or a caps lock. So... Now you can use caps lock. I got a whole new world, not only a whole new world of shortcuts, that's great, B, that doesn't require me to, to, to do some kind of twisted arthritic Stallman gesture to make it happen, mm -hmm. but it's really as simple as caps lock plus something. And once again, now you're back to intuition. Caps lock whatever does this thing. So like caps lock, guess what? One of my first ones, caps lock F12 will enter my phone number. It's so great. It'll be, it opens up this whole new world. And I just wanted to share that because it's made me so happy. I don't have time to talk about Stop the Madness. Stop the Madness. Okay. God, I always feel like I'm giving short shrift to this app that's like, or this extension that's so, so closing the thread on that. Any questions? Were you aware of HyperKey? I was not aware of it. Mm. It's really cool. Um, you know what? Go, go to, if you got Stop the Madness, go in and look at the sections called Redirects, Scheme Rules, and Web Rules. Like Dan makes me use this cockamamie. It's not web that bad. Dan makes me use this cockamamie um, app slash service that's like finger scaldingly hot garbage, and I have to run it in a non Safari browser because, of course, all garbage has to run outside of Safari. So I use Vivaldi. But here's the thing like, okay, how about this? You ever go to Dark Sky and you just, like an idiot, you just hit darksky.net and you get the weather for New York City? Like, you ever go to a site and it defaults you to somewhere that you don't want it to be? Guess what? You can make your own redirects. <laughs> You're on like 301s, I guess. You can go make your own redirects with Stop the Madness. So you could say instead of Twitter, anytime I enter something with Twitter and you, it's got basic regexy, you know, asterisks and slashes mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. You could say anytime I go to Twitter, like rewrite that to knitter, which is like a hosted privacy centric one, right? Or dark sky. Anytime I enter something, dark sky, you know, asterisk, always take me to the one for my house. 
so I don't have to have that clotting up. Because you know how it is. You make an error, and then you make an error enough, and it becomes the new thing. Like if you type, if you try to get too cute with what you call something in Launch Bar, you can end up really screwing yourself up. So like anytime I dark, uh, type in Dark Sky, it doesn't take me to New York. It always takes me right to my house. Other things you can do with stuff like scheme rules. From now on, when that Zoom link comes in, yeah, it's cool, man. You can just open it up with Zoom, you know? That's, that's totally fine. But like that web rules thing means that if I type... I'm not going to say the name of the app. I type hotgarbage.io in Safari, and it automatically knows when that domain is entered, go to, that, go to that, but go to that in Vivaldi. You can set that. So it's almost like, what was that really cool? There was that app that people, the, there, was, there was a class of app a while back where you could like wrap something, a web app, you know, in your own little forget what it's called choosy maybe choosy but this is like choosy in the sense that that you can go in and say from now on okay um you know when i go to redirect so if i go to darksky.net take me to slash my address that's a redirect scheme rules anytime a zoom link happens it's okay you can go open that up in zoom anytime i go to hotgarbageapp.io automatically open that up in vivaldi i'm not saying this is going to give you an extra year of life but these are the kinds (laughs) of things where like now when you uh you know scratching an itch they're different things like when you feel an itch now you got a toolbox full of scratches that you can apply so what have we talked about we've talked about me locking myself out (laughs) of of my mac because i wanted to blow my keyboard that was awkward. We got Bunch, which is great. That's Brett Terpstra. HyperKey for better touch tool. Check it out. Um, we, we haven't talked a lot about SetApp on here. I don't know politically if we're allowed to like SetApp. But for example, I pay for a service called SetApp, S-C-T-A-P-P. And that gets you like a whole bunch of real good apps for a subscription fee each month. And so my better touch tool, I think I bought my own copy too. My better touch tool comes through SetApp. My downy for getting YouTube videos that comes from setup. A bunch of this stuff is like these have become such big Mac apps, you know, getting such a like a a swelling nerd audience. Ugh. Ugh. That's worse than a fat bit. Ugh. Octu Libre. Ugh. But that's what we learned today. Go, go out, get 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 pound sign productive, pound sign creative, pound sign Dan Benjamin, Ben <laughs> Benjamin, as you say, get all of those things, but bring. It's fun. It's just fun. This is this is what computers are for. They are for finding a way to, to make something more fun that, that would normally be hairy. You get the self-awareness, the basic life hack, self-awareness, start noticing stuff that's generating friction that you didn't realize. Figure out what to do about it, but don't spend so long on it that, you know, you're always spreading uh, maestered mustard mayonnaise and time. Do you know there what I mean? Go. Yeah, I do. Kiss the pan. Let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. <laughs>